front of the largest theater in South America. That's right, the Monsanto Octoplex in Rio de Niro. Hi, I'm Nat, and with me currently is the good Sir Hemingford Gray. How are you doing, bud? I'm not too bad, but my god, the hot dog price. I know, right? We've got two guests joining us today. Uh, first, we have Tone, host of the Weebcast, question mark? Uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's still a thing, I think. I don't, it'll be a thing, I guess. I'm here, they kidnapped me, and took me to this third world country, and I'm going to see the Joker, and it's going to be fun. Implying you weren't born three towns away. All right. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't get <laughs> him to stand any closer to the mic than this, folks, I'm sorry. Oh. We know, we know your secret tone. Also with us is Corbo, who asked me to call him Corber for this episode, but I'm not going to. Hi, dude. Hey, guys. It's Corber. The basketball Ukrainian. How's it going? We are going to record our Joker episode today, but we're going to do it in the theater as we're watching the movie. Now, Tone and Corbo have seen the movie already. Yes. Hem and I are watching it for the first time. And so you're going to get a mix of live reacts and slightly stale reacts, but it's going to be happening during the movie. We call it Real Time with DMS. Oh, shit. Yay. Well... Let's not delay, guys. How about how about we go in? Come on, let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh gosh, shh, shh, shh. need to start. So oh, shit. Wait, actually, no, keep talking because we're recording oh. an episode. So <laughs> yeah, from the I, I first frame I saw of this movie during like the commercial trailer whatever um I was like oh so they're just gonna put the Joker into Taxi Driver okay got it essentially and so I always like carried like this thought when I thought about the movie um but I uh, I kind of had that confirmed for me like like cemented because I watched an interview with the director that Corbo sent me and he kept on yes. mentioning like we want this to look like a movie from 1979 we want this to look like it came out in the summer of 1981 that kind of thing I'm like okay so that's like just literally taxi driver and I yes. actually saw at least one other person make a joke to that effect who has already seen the movie now we're looking at some titles here and they're like in cursive they're kind of in this like faded uh, amber color and again this is all just like hearkening back and I think the movie does take place in the 80s if I'm not it mistaken it takes place in 1981 um, interestingly in 1981, there you go. got in the theater a little late but uh, they use the classic uh, Warner Brothers logo that they use. Oh, they did. Oh, this is that's oh, wow. Okay, yes, so they're doing uh, a real throwback. They're doing real yeah, throwback. Yeah. Okay, so the Joker it, it, was just attacked by a pack of Filipinos. And yeah. No, I gotta like say, we're already we're already getting into real gamer hours here. Did you have those spinny sign people in the eighties? Then did you? I thought they were relative. 
big. No, I never I saw mean, any spinny signs in real life, actually. That's what the Joker was just doing. He was spinning a sign around, and now he's chasing after some uh, some men of color, some teenagers of color, and I think that's yeah. beautiful. I think that's vibrant. I believe CNN call them teens, don't they? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> teens of color. They're talks. They're, they're, they're TikToks. No, 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 no. no, 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 no they're, just, they're just teen. That's what... Yeah. Right, so I, right. I, so this is um this is a very interesting scene for me because the uh the the teens of color are beating up the Joker. They're beating him up. He's not the Joker yet. This is the movie where we learn how he got those scars. That is the point of the film. And uh, so so other mental scars apparently in this film. I'm the Joker, baby. So now I I think that this is interesting because he's he's it's in such a mental disarray that we um, we're supposed to sympathize with him and that's how he goes totally crazy because he's just he doesn't have a good life you know uh, I, I think that's that's uniquely Levantine in the sense that like okay so Levantine's created the character of the Joker they created this movie right and also Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix himself is part Levantine and he grew up in a cult so like it, everything about this everything about this is like you're shaped by society right it's, this is i mean i don't know if the, do you guys think that they were capitalizing on the society meme intentionally um they really didn't uh not, you'll see not later really. in the, yeah you'll see it later in the film he doesn't he society it, post that much not it definitely not as much. he literally does it once well what i'm asking is do you think the filmmakers were like guys that's society meme that's hot how about we make I, a movie where it's all about society? I I don't know if they that's what they thought. I don't know. Maybe. Hey yo, hey yo, hold up. We have some kind of Afro lady. Um, oh, can you can you pass the of... skittles, Matt? Oh, here we go, man. <laughs> uh, we have some kind of Afro lady who is interviewing the Joker, and um, his name is Arthur, I think. Uh, the Joker has like different names based on like who is uh who who is writing him right um in yeah. this movie he is arthur and so i think this is his psychiatrist or something like he's seeing a therapist his therapist is i mean you gotta love how these people who make this movie and everything how they they take other kinds of people and sort of use them as a mask in their films right and in this case it's an afro lady I mean, she's literally, she literally has an afro, but she has a sensible early 80s afro. Yeah, not like a ridiculous one, but she still looks like a... No, it's a professional afro. Very professional looking afro. <laughs> this is an afro you, uh, you go to your 9 to 5 job with. You know, this isn't a Dolomite kind of afro. <laughs> this isn't a Jimi Hendrix afro. Her, her head looks like a flying saucer. It's like a U-afro. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that our uh, our theater neighbors really appreciate our commentary. It's five oh. in the morning. There's no one else here except for one old guy, and I think he's masturbating. <laughs> oh god, he is! Oh, he is! Oh my god, I was joking about that. He likes those Afro lady. That's what we kind of have this uh, stereotypical scene where it's it's See, like the Joker has we that doesn't that doesn't even look like English. <laughs> he's writing it. Well, he's writing in Aramaic um, or Hebrew. I one of the two. No, he's um, not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
He's writing psychoblat into his journal, but it's, it's just, sort of a stereotype. He's just very sloppy it's a, handwriting. It's a stereotypical sort of like, I scribble in my journal because I'm all screwed up like a teenager. Because I'm insane. No, he doesn't. Okay, the listen. First of all, no. The point of the journal is basically it's his joke book. It's like his, he goes, he like, you'll see it later in the film as well, but he goes on about like, he essentially uses this as a, as a sort of, like no a note taking like you know what we do for movies uh but it's a note taking for when he wants to try to do stand up comedy which he yeah. immensely fails at his jokes are unfunny and you know you'll see you'll see it later but uh it, it he almost has a delusional idea of like what people actually like or think is is funny that reminds me of my own stand up <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do have kind of a cynical tone about this movie not because i i like want to be not because i'm trying to be contrarian but i think that if you're a real gamer like you won't go in for the society meme because the society meme is part of society yeah yeah and so you're not just going to be like oh finally a society for me right like oh i'm gonna society this up this is this is just you know it being repackaged and sold to you i think you know another afro kid this guy is surrounded this, well, is, this is so ah this is such a gamer is he, movie is he, am i right is he in Nairobi? is he well to be fair he lives in a very uh poor neighborhood it, it does he make sense in the inner city man that like, you very very yes there's a lot of there's a lot of basketball Americans here. Of course, Gotham is based off of New York City, so it would make sense uh, to have right. Yeah, Afro it's based people. off New York City, and it was actually filmed in and around New York City, uh, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> um, a lot of what you see, I saw this in the interview. A lot of what you see in the movie, in terms of cityscape is cg like a lot of films nowadays i remember first seeing that in boardwalk empire and uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of practical effects as well don't get me wrong there's a lot of practical effects yeah it's more like the background is is made to kind of look consistent with what part of the city they want it to look like you got to do that when you're doing a uh, nowadays when you're doing a period movie because it's just so expensive yeah, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but I, I think they did. Uh, the actual, like, runoff of the main, like, you have real buildings when they do outdoor shots, but then the runoff down the street is, um, uh, it looks like a matte painting. In fact, when I, I, so, uh, so just to I, let, I uh, saw, keep on yeah. talking. Uh, well, well, when I saw a, a picture of the film, um, I paused it uh, during this interview, and I was like, "Wow, okay, are they using matte paintings there? That's pretty cool." But no, it's a, it's CG. I think intended to look like a matte painting, which is which is neat. I, I like that. What were you gonna say, Corbo? I was saying that earlier on um, in the scene that we just watched, where uh, he was laughing hysterically on the bus, uh, and he gave the uh, a little card to the Afro American. Um, the the card essentially is talking about how he has an illness for like uh for like uncontrollable laughter, and it's like yeah. a serious uh, uh side effect of his that kind of that basically gets him in trouble more and more often than not because people That's don't really right. understand. He, he That's gets interesting. Through, like he gets he he has like an uncontrollable laughter through anxiety and and through like awkwardness and and just other other times where either he's like uh essentially just sad. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a real thing because, uh, I mean, 
I don't have no, some kind sure of disorder, but I when I get into very anxious oh, yeah. situations or very uh, uh, kind of like deeply distressing social situations or confrontations with people, I I tend to laugh sometimes. I don't uh, maybe I don't know how normal that is or what. Um, same thing happens to me too. Yeah, I, oh, I yeah? just got me in trouble. <laughs> times um really uh, I, I probably got me into trouble uh you know not not actively where someone's like why are you laughing but you know maybe like they thought i was being condescending or something well, i think, I think it's like a subconscious thing trying to lift the mood isn't it maybe it might laughing, be yeah maybe they'll, maybe they'll join in laughing kind of thing yeah um, um, maybe I honestly think the laughter in this movie um, that that he has is kind of like a signature of the uh, of something that the movie really wants to portray is that like this character that they've made is a exaggerated like sort of like extremely exaggerated uh, like person a stereotype of a person that that you know lives in our society uh, right now you know the kind of person that's like. Everything about him, from his like his single mom to his uh, to his life to his job to how old the guy and sickly he looks too. Yeah, and he he lives with his mother, right? Yes. yes. Except they live in I a mean, little uh, crummy apartment in Gotham. I'm sure if they had a house, he'd be living in the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I I don't I don't know. He's not really that much of a. Uh, this isn't the era of gamers, so. So we um, we see his mom for the first time now. She's kind of like sickly. I don't know. She seems like this very gentle woman, and maybe like you get a feeling like she doesn't discipline him enough. Do they sleep in the same bed? They're in the uh, same bed right now, watching <laughs> TV. Yeah, I mean, he has no father, and and they're basically this is like supposed to be their um, their kind of staple. I guess like the the thing that they uh, a tradition that they do is they watch this. Um, oh my guy. God! It's Robert De Niro. It's Robert yep. De Niro. It's maybe Robert Brem De Niro. Maybe oh Robert my God! What? Wait, what? Didn't he play? Was it Al Pacino or Robert De Niro who was the taxi driver? Yeah, yeah. It, really? He played. Wait, that's so funny. Taxi so he's driver? in he's in the sequel to Taxi Driver as well. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> he was also in King of Comedy, which this uh, takes from a lot. I haven't seen King of Comedy myself, but I hear a lot. Oh yeah, uh, I have King of Comedy. I haven't watched it though. I hear it's Arthur, good. Arthur's Mummy's in American Horror Story. So he's he's laughing wildly. Is he picturing himself in the audience? Is that what's yes. going on right now? Yes. Okay, so he's imagining himself laughing maniacally. So some people are a little uh, confused about this scene here um, when it, when they first watch it. Some people don't really uh, understand. Like, oh, was this like a some a, a past thing where he actually made it into the audience? No, it seems like a fantasy. This this is a this is essentially a fantasy. The entire thing. Yeah. So Robert De Niro is hosting some kind of uh, game show or talk show that they're watching on TV. He's imagining himself. I mean, this is very similar to, to Requiem for a Dream. Where the mother in that movie imagines herself um, on her game shows that she's watching. Yeah, this isn't exactly a crazy like thing. I mean, I'm sure people have imagined yeah. themselves in their in TV shows they really like. Yeah, I I think so. Oh, this is so. This is a late night show. So this guy's supposed to be like um, uh, Com comedian. Like he's like Jared Johnny uh, Carson. I was trying to call back to like a, a David Letterman. I think would be a more appropriate yeah. 1980s yeah. reference. Yeah. Um. 
what yeah, I was gonna make a make a little me I I think uh, the reason why there's so many uh, African-American or Afro-American women in this is because of a uh, what do you call is it's because of where he lives um, what's no because because um, Jesus Christ what is the what is the actor's name Denzel Washington no, no, no. Um, the Mary guy, the talk show host. Oh, Robert De Niro. Oh, yes, he is a he's a very big fan of um, Afro American American women. Yes, he's, he actually, actually, he's, yes, he's he on the hunt for new, and he's just got. They're, they're not. They're not a big fan of him, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see Robert De Niro nowadays, I'm like, who's this guy? I love De Niro. I think he's a great actor, but I can never recognize. him. That's all. Well, I always get them confused with Al Pacino, as I did earlier. I mean, they're basically the same person to me. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they basically just shared shared roles up, didn't they? And they, they probably spoke yeah. to, do you want to do this one? Oh, I'll do this one. You do the next one. Whoa. Okay, so we're, we see Joaquin Phoenix with his shirt off here. He looks like the machinist. He looks like a Chris, a Christian Bale in The Machinist. His bones are all sticking out. It's weird. His he is, posture's bizarre. He's very, bro. He's very uh, sickly. Yeah, unpleasant. Just yeah. sure. It's just it's really just sickly looking. Like yeah. it, it's he was basically told to be like you know be as kind of skinny and malnourished as possible. Right. Yeah. I mean his 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 physique his his vestige. Yeah. Uh, also, something important from the last scene that we just watched with him uh, imagining himself on Miri's show is that he uh, he also added in not just like a normal talk show thing, but also uh, sort of like almost fatherly love coming from Miri to him. Miri treats him like a child, and he acts like a child. I wouldn't say child, more like just like like a father that still really loves his son. Yeah. Like even though he's like you know kind of older. Yeah, so after getting after getting um, you know, beaten up by a bunch of minorities, uh we see now that one of uh one of the Joker's friends uh decided to give him a weapon. A mm -hmm. uh 38? I'm sure that lends well. Uh it's some revolver. Yeah, some revolver, short snub revolver. Uh very cool, very I mean like kind of kind of makes uh I don't know, like I remember seeing um images of like the joker with like a little short snub revolver so well i was thinking about the issue of firearms for protection i think a lot of people who are conflicted about firearm ownership they seem to feel like people in the country like it's okay if they have guns because they have to protect themselves from wild animals but people in the city don't now i'm i i i i kind of feel like that's backwards statistically speaking yeah, really. No, it, it makes no sense. Um, it makes more sense for people in the city to have a gun to protect themselves because fewer people in the country, like they're, you're not getting mauled by wolves in the country uh, at the same rate you are getting mauled, so to speak. In um, yeah, uh, in the city. Uh, there's a lot more violence in the city. Uh, yeah, it's very obvious. Um, you know, we're not going to get into why. <laughs> well, it's because there's more society in the city. More society. That's there's, more, there's more society. 
we I've heard we live in one. <laughs> nah, nah, no way. Especially if you're in a city, you live in one. Yeah, no, this um, this scene right here is actually uh, it's like it's one of those things that like a stacked on uh misfortune, I guess. Like especially yes. when like a tragedy will do, is uh, basically what happened here is because of the broken sign we saw from the first scene in the movie, uh, that the kids broke on 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 the Joker's face, um. The guy who, you know, the, the guy who owns the sign, the, the shop owner, uh, wants his money back uh, for the sign because, like, where the hell did it go? Like, you know, where, where where's the sign? Like, I, I, you know, I still want it. Like, Right, and so basically Joker is failing on all fronts. He's got a, a bad home life with his mother. He doesn't have, he doesn't seem to have any connections to anyone besides her. He His job isn't going well. He's got no romantic prospects. I don't know how he affords therapy. Therapy is expensive. <laughs> it's government funded. Yeah, it was like, it's like uh-huh. government funded. Like this. So he has socialized mental health care. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, run by blacks. So, how effective he has, he has it is. He has societal mental health care. He has societal health care. And uh, what, what's interesting is that w- when I was reading up on um, kind of kind of takes on this from people, people were saying it was going to be an incel movie, that there were going to be shootings because of this movie. But then people went to go see it and go, oh, this is a communist movie. That's uh, fine. That's okay. I don't. No, it really, it really isn't. I actually had, no. I actually made a blurb about this because of, uh, because of that sort of like, oh, leftists should. You love made a this blurb. Movie. What's a blurb? Just, just a, you know, paragraph, a couple paragraphs. Oh, you have some notes. Do you want to relate yeah, no. to us some, some of your notes? I mean, it kind of like it would, it would, it would be very long. I would just describe what I'm, what we're talking about here specifically. This, this uh, okay. movie does not really come off as, as leftist or communist in, in a sense this guy is kind of talking to a hot black chick there's a cute black chick single mom a single oh, duh. who's um <laughs> living down the hall from really, him really subverted expectations there we, yeah. we, we <laughs> have to remember though he is crazy so maybe they're uh, <laughs> Maybe the owner something. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to uh. Now this scene isn't done in a way that it's gross. Uh, a scene, a movie I saw called Cup the Movie had a very similar scene, and it was very gross. So what's uh, going on in this scene? He's washing his mother. He's giving his mother. He's a washing bath. his mother. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because she's probably unable to wash herself properly. She's a little geriatric. She doesn't have gray hair. Maybe she just has early onset dementia or something. Yes, she's talking about uh, Bruce Wayne's father right now. She used to work for him, and uh, she expects that he will help them out for whatever reason. Okay, Thomas Wayne, uh, who's super rich. Super Super rich. rich. He's also running for mayor, as we'll see in in a few scenes here that uh for whatever explicit reason because it while society is crumbling i guess so he's like i will take care of this i don't know if he's supposed to be i don't some people have kind of described him as like a trump figure i don't really think so Uh, i don't think it's really on the same uh scope of it 
Okay, well, when, when Thomas Wayne comes up, let's talk sort of about his politics and and how they portray him. But what I want to know is, is is the Joker a boomer? Uh, no, I think he's like 30 in this. Well, it's 1980, so that would be 40 years ago, almost. Yeah, because I think the end of, isn't it 69, is it 69 when the, uh, when it changed boomer to it? Right, so he's literally he's literally a baby boomer. Um, his mom does not look old enough to be like greatest Jenner. I don't know, a little bit miscast, I think. She does not look that old. In fact, I think I would, guys. I think I would. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, we just saw her naked in the uh, bathtub. Uh, okay, he's yeah. an incel. He's an incel. You, you think he hasn't thought about incels? Minds go to crazy, crazy places. They are so thirsty. They would. They will drink pus-filled water, my dudes. From Beldafine. STD-filled water. Yeah, I don't know about that one, fam. Um, well, of course, STD-filled water. He's thirsting after the, the girl next door. In this case, pretty yeah, sure that's yeah. STD-filled water. She's a beauty, isn't she? Speaking of, he's actually even stalking her in this scene, as you'll see. Well, of course, she's a, she's a good-looking chick. She's the classic beauty. Classic beauty. A Nubian princess. Something that we didn't note earlier uh, was that during uh, during their little uh, you know talk, well, or really just like interaction, he was trying to make a joke of her about because she was like essentially wanting to commit suicide from you know, but in a funny way because uh, her life is shit or whatever. So he kind of did the same, but he did it in such an awkward and kind of weird like you know he took too long to kind of make the same what did, know, he, did he did he did he did he crack a 13 to 50 joke <laughs> yeah and she didn't <laughs> she didn't really appreciate it <laughs> i think you know i think he even like softly spoke the n-word too while she was in the yeah i, I saw it he can't tell me it didn't happen because it happened he just mouthed it he mouthed yeah, it <laughs> he also held up a three and a five I don't know what that was supposed to mean. No, he did the he did uh, the you know the hand sign where you make an N. He held up a one, four, an eight, and an eight. I don't know how he did that with his fingers and toes, but that was pretty jokerish, I have to say. So um, this scene right here actually is, is is kind of funny because this is a Jewish comedian telling uh, jokes to a. Uh, a room about well sex jokes very weird and fetishistic sex jokes okay uh, yeah and we're in a club really, right really now really it's, really a, it's, a it's actually this is a beautiful shot everyone's got a little like yeah. red lantern on their table this is actually a nice I'll club you, it reminds me of goodfellas do you remember do you remember goodfellas when they go to the comedian uh yeah kind of so arthur arthur to be the joker is taking notes yeah, he's he's taking notes, but he's also laughing at like he, he's basically only uh, taking notes at stuff that other people are laughing at. He's not even actually laughing at the jokes himself. I don't even think he thinks they're funny. He's he's laughing he's... at the setup and not the payoff. He's he's laughing at the wrong time. Mm. And his his notes appear to be nonsensical. Like they literally no, look like. They're in... They're in a different. Well, I think I think that's just this Brazilian or whatever movie theater. Or... Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They. They. I uh... knew that. I knew that. I. I was just seeing if you guys knew that. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I knew that. Yeah. It's an, trying to loca- they're trying to localize it. Yes. They're really trying to stay away from those stereotypes, aren't they? You know, the black the black single parent mother, the, the Jewish comedian. They're really just... The vulgar Jewish comedian. The psychobliats. <laughs> the psychobliats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we see here uh, Joker is writing in his journal. And essentially he makes one of the kind of... Uh, what, what would you call it? It's like the, the signature joke for the film, which is basically he's saying in his journal, it's not really a joke. It's not funny. It's actually really sad, but... Uh, what What is he saying? It, it says... Oh, fuck. No, this is important. See? Yeah, so um, she is confronting... No, um, hold on. The oh. joke. Okay, so the okay. Nubian princess next door has just walked yeah. into Arthur's apartment. And... <laughs> let's yeah. see. She's, um... She could quite possibly be a descendant of Cleopatra. Obviously. Uh, look right. at the rings in her in her ears. So it, it seems like she's kind of coming on to him. Oddly, yes. Oddly, she says, are you stalking me? Oh, yeah. And then she's, like, into that, so... Supposedly. Supposedly. And I think he says something to the effect of, like, well, I'll just call you next time instead and tell you. Yeah. So, so this is actually interesting because I find that incels, one thing that they do is they take like every semi-positive interaction with a random woman to be an indication that like she likes them. Like if a, if a woman at a cash register like smiles at an incel, he's like, maybe she likes me. You know, that's uh, this kind of uh, thing running in the back of his mind. And I feel like this actually portrays that really well. They really got inside the ins- they, they got into the incel mindset here. The incel age mindset. Right. And, uh, oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so the Joker is, uh, he's dancing at a children's hospital in, like, a cancer ward or something, and, uh, <laughs> the gun that he received earlier fell out of his pocket. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Joker, as said earlier, is not supposed to have a gun. I guess... There's laws against him. Being well, he needs to protect it's himself. The inner city. Yeah. Yes. From inner city children. Yes, that's it. That's right. It. By inner city, I mean cancer-stricken children. Yes. 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 Oh. That's one of the few scenes with hardly any, hardly any, um, hardly any diversity in it, isn't it? It's just a weird thing well, about. Well, you know, hospitals are usually nicer than uh, the areas surrounding them. I don't know what you saw, but everyone there was black except for a couple kids. Oh, From what I, I mean, yeah, I, I, that there was almost one hundred percent diversity in that so scene. I, I remember now what he, uh, what the joke book um, joke he was trying to make before earlier. What I was trying to say. It basically says the great, the best thing about uh, having a mental illness is having to pretend you don't have one. And then he gives a little smiley face at the end, like a kind of a creep it's it's a it's a very indicative of basically um uh, something that he doesn't really outwardly say right like he, he really he really does hate himself in a way yeah i mean for his, for his whether sort, he has a mental a, illness here is sort of debatable because it seems like he just is um, he actually takes pills for some of these things uh-huh i, I mean he from what i'm seeing aside from the laughter thing he just has depression well, that's, that's what I was going to say. He's kind of 
he's understandably depressed, isn't he? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we have to remember that he is his meds still. Um, he okay. does not for the whole. Well, the, the medication isn't working well, mm. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so he's 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 laughing out loud on a subway, and everyone's sort of staring at him. Um, the the meds are not effective. Oh, okay. What's what's essentially happening here is that there's three rich guys who work for Wayne Industries, and essentially what they're doing just now is um, haggling and throwing French fries at some random lady on the uh, train. Some hoe. Patrick Bateman type. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Right. Of course, it's of course it's the squeaky clean white guys who are who are harassing a woman and not like. I don't know. One of one of them has curly hair, dude. A little okay, whatever. White, white presenting. The politics of this movie are very simplistic, and that's why I don't really, um, didn't very care much about yeah. it. Uh, is, yeah, is is that it's very basic. Rich people bad, poor exactly, um, exactly. That, that's like, about ha- happy all people bad. Rich people bad. I don't think it is a racial thing. I think it's it makes sense in this time and scenario that the rich people would be white. It's the 80s, also. I mean, the rich people are, but for them to behave like this is... To behave like this does not make any sense. I mean, um, I know know a woman who, like, fell asleep on a subway and woke up with a dick in her mouth. It wasn't a Wall Street dick, I'll tell you that much. Okay. Yeah, if throwing French fries though, that's <laughs> was it. Was it really woman that, or was it? Yeah, is, is this a true story? If you if you're white and you have money, you do bad. You throw French like fries that. at women. I don't. Yeah. That's, no, uh... I, I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I, I think that I don't mind it because, like, it's just. Dude, listen, I can I can believe it. Yeah, exactly. No, not really. These are the people who are going to be the most civilized and the most polite, not the other way around. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. It's sometimes, it, most of the time, I've seen some of these. Most, most of the time, like, yeah. I've seen them Other- do it. It's fuck, yeah. Yeah. They're not the ones who are getting uh, reported for assault and whatnot. They're they're just you know regular people who just want to yeah. fit in. Yeah, but get, getting shot getting shot for throwing some French fries at somebody is probably a bit over the top. Yeah. So the Joker just shot them to death, and these are the first people he's killed. Not. Uh, you know, these are, these are the first victims he's chosen. I mean, this is let, let's this is a Levantine movie, so obviously it's going to be these sort of like rich white guys. Yeah, that's why that's why that's why everything else is stereotypical besides like these three people. No, this is a this is a big trope. Also, uh, this is just like like Hemingford said. This is the Patrick Bateman trope. These are the these are the only people who are worse than the Joker, <laughs> basically. You know, uh, Ivanka's Ivanka's husband looks pretty white too. Yeah, but they'd be just whacking off into a ficus plant, wouldn't they? That's kind of Well, I mean, whether or not like these guys are white or Levantine, I don't think the I don't think the director is trying to portray his own people as the bad guys. I just uh... yeah, as just comedians saying dirty sex jokes. Yeah, I don't think that it is. I don't know. I just don't read much into it. I guess. 
this is um, supposed to be trying to say something. That's what it's telling you. I mean, there's a reason that he, he idolizes the black woman. There's a reason that he kills the white man. No, 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 no. See, this no, is, this you, is, this no. is, I, I knew you were going to get this, like, sort of, yeah, trope, I, I, or this sort of idea from it. But, dude, like, listen, it get it gets a lot more different, especially by the end. And what I mean yeah. by that, too, is that, like, this is essentially just a setup. Like, the politics exactly. in this movie are, like, irrelevant at the especially exactly. at the end they don't well it's not it's not that the movie has uh politics at the moment it's just that when they write the film when they cast the film when they direct the film they choose these things deliberately like oh well we can't use this kind yes. of person we should use this kind of person well it's because like if it would be unrealistic if they casted a black guy in the scene to be like a rich executive in the 80s in the oh. 80s it would be more realistic if they cast a black guy to be a lower crust person harassing a woman. Um, because the upper crust person wouldn't be doing that. This is more like Death Wish. It's like it's like um, yeah. Charles Bronson's first kill in Death Wish, isn't it? This bit. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's another example of the same trope. The first three kills, actually. So the thing is that this this scene is incredibly important for the movie because this kind of sets up a whole entire uh, background sort of uh, revolution of sorts that's going on between like people that are uh, disenfranchised people against like Wayne, really mostly just Wayne Industries. They really don't yeah. like uh, they re really don't like some of the rich people in this. The thing is though is that you'll find out later that um, what do you call it? It's kind of just all chaotic anarchy, and it's not. It it never shows any real basis for what they uh, for what they're talking about, or, or, or what what the what the revolutionaries are talking about. Is this also Arthur getting back at Wayne Tech because the, because his mum keeps saying that uh, Thomas Wayne is going to come and save them? He doesn't know who they worked for yet. Yeah, he doesn't know. Uh, he doesn't really care about Thomas Wayne or really anything about that. Yeah, at this yeah. point. Well, yeah, the Joker is an agent of chaos. That's always been his characterization. But it sounds like they're sort of trying to use that as a lens into, like, you know, fight the power, kind of like anti-capitalism. I mean, I'm not really pro-capitalist either, so... So has he, actually, has he actually killed those blokes? Because then he went into a bit of fantasy after that, didn't he? Where he went and killed yeah. the beautiful yeah. neighbor. Yeah, he does, he does kill them. What's what's uh, very interesting uh, in this movie is that they kind of really make it super obvious about uh, about what's the kind twist. of what yeah the, about the fantasy well, twist. In, some, unless some you're Stefan Molyneux. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless you're Stefan Molyneux. Um, what a retard. But the thing is, as far as I know, him killing the three uh, rich blokes is true. Yeah, the, it, it actually yeah. happened, and he and he did it. That's what sparks the whole. Um conflict later um we'll we'll get there happens so he's, he's been fired from his job and he's kind of just like telling everybody to fuck off yeah he's throwing a tantrum he's breaking stuff what wasn't mentioned earlier was that one the co-worker that gave him the gun ratted him out to yeah. the boss exactly uh, also there's a midget co-worker um don't don't put midgets in your drama movie, folks. You're not supposed to say midget, they're little people. Don't put lesser people in your movies, alright? 
I thought I thought you're supposed to call them fairies. Fairies. <laughs> call them brownies. Oh no, I know that's the neighbor. Oh no. Yeah, don't don't put them in your movies. It's silly. It never it worked for Game of Thrones. Wait, was that the Game of Thrones guy, Peter Dinklage? Peter Dinklage. I haven't seen Game of Thrones. Name? I know it didn't work. Because I see that guy and I laugh. <laughs> well, here's the thing is the midget in this is literally supposed to be com comedic relief. Well, yeah, he's a clown. Well, what, what I was, what was going to say is this kind of like um, having having the, the midget co-workers that's supposed to be like um, giving the uh, circus aesthetic. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It really is. They rent out clowns, which is weird. It's very similar to uh, the scene in Taxi Driver where... Uh, they got the group of taxi guys, and they, I don't know, but it's weird because it's a clown renting service, so it doesn't work as well. Sorry, sorry, so so right now the Joker is smoking as he watches uh, TV with his uh, mother. They're actually watching Thomas Wayne on a morning show. What's interesting to me real quick about this is that he's smoking, and I don't think I've seen like a, a, a comic book movie in recent memory where a character is smoking and they're they're really portraying this uh like you might see in an older film where the the smoking is kind of the central action of the character it's not really for style it's 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 more for um it's it's just establishing the realism of the shot and they're just trying to tell you that mental people smoke ah okay I think more people just smoke back then. I don't know. Something that happened earlier in, in that earlier scene with Thomas Wayne on the TV, um, it's something you guys are over talking and couldn't hear, was that basically Thomas Wayne found out of, well, it, it, it's on the news everywhere about the three P, uh, three men getting killed. And technically those were his men and his company. Now he's, he says like outright, like, okay, I didn't really know them personally, but you know, any person in my company, like, you know, this is, this is sad, this is horrible. And already, even by this time, there are people that are essentially kind of supporting the death of these people. Because from what I understand, uh, Wayne Industries doesn't exactly have good practices of sorts. Yes. So there's a lot of people that are generally like, yeah, I don't give a shit about these three dead faggots. Um, yeah. And Thomas Wayne is essentially calling them clowns. And this is what sparks up the kind of uh, clown mask revolution that they... Uh, try to try to yeah. uh, splur splurge out later on in the film. Yeah, the clowns don't really follow the Joker. I think the Joker just kind of sparked this whole comic. He uh, he he had like basically he he was a catalyst of sort. Yes. Uh, so so this is kind of uh, bleeding into like V for Vendetta, where um, just... kind of but not gay. <laughs> That movie sucks. Um, yeah, this movie's better than that, sure, but yeah, kind of. In this scene, they're shutting down Joker's um, government-funded uh, healthcare, I guess. Oh, okay. So this is where the uh, yeah they ran out of money. The socialized healthcare thing. Is this like a uh, a shrink version of the death panel that, that you were promised during Obamacare? Yeah. So the Joker doesn't really <laughs> pills anymore. No. Okay, so this, so I predict that this is where his mental health begins to slide, and you see that he really yes. does lose his bearing on reality because he lost his socialized healthcare. Now, if Bernie was president, yeah. this never would have happened. Yeah. This is why Bernie 
the thing is, is that this is literally the last uh, and only reference they have to this scene of him not being able to take his pills anymore. Actually, no, there's like one more, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's about four in total. There's that one, and then uh, another one later on. Well, he was at he was at the therapist earlier. He went to his Afro therapist, um, the UFRO. He attended another session with the UFRO again. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's the last reference they have to him. There's only two references to him losing his ability to get pills. Yes. Right, right. So that yeah, that that to me is pretty significant. Um, and it, it kind of it kind of shows like okay, so this the only thing that happens is that he act he, he acts more confident. This kind this kind of mirrors the um the the uh oh, what's it the Killing Joke a bit because in the Killing Joke he actually he leaves his job and then tries to become a comedian and fails at it. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's yeah. uh the Killing Joke is. I think considered one of the best Batman comics. I haven't read it myself, but I hear it's very good. Yeah, wasn't that the one that they made into that terrible animated version? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I hear that really bad. So here we have this scene. He's uh he's attempting his one of his first stand-up com comedy routines, and he's right unable to even tell his first joke because right of his, he's uh, so nervous all he can do is like laugh until he chokes on stage literally he's choking right <laughs> yeah yeah he's choking because he, <laughs> he he's trying he not to laugh so he's, he's uh he's whacking he's whacking phoenix challenge channeling that really shitty hip-hop project he did i don't know what that is but that that sounds hilarious yeah that does when sound he, he pretended to have a, he pretended to have a breakdown and uh and, become a hip-hop star do you do you not remember that that's hilarious of... okay uh <laughs> real quick real quick so is pogo's a significant name hemingford do you have any uh that's a reference to uh king of comedy i believe um really was that, the... yeah. was that the same director i think that's the comedy uh no it's not the same director uh scorsese huh. directed that movie i see okay the, the director for this is kind of interesting he's like his his most his biggest movie is um the hangover, the hangover. which is strange. Hey hey, don't forget Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, it's... I haven't seen anything else. He's basically done mostly comedy films. He does uh... comedy and uh... oh, he's also he's also apparently doing the untitled Hulk Hogan biopic. Oh, that sounds awesome. That might be good. Well, this is also a comedy. Right? Yeah. I mean, at first you think it's a tragedy, but then you realize it's a comedy. According to the Joker, yeah. And here we have uh, his Nubian princess. Todd Phillips. Again. Todd Phillips is the producer, not the director, I think. No, he's the director. Uh, the front of her face is about two inches further out than her forehead. Yeah. No, he is the yeah. director, though. He did oh, sorry, yeah, he is the director. I clicked on the wrong bit. He also did Old School and Road Trip. Frat House. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those are those were very successful films. Those were very Apparently, successful. Uh, the Hangover trilogy is really weird because, like, the second two just don't have any fucking comedy in. Like the the second's just the same movie without the jokes, and the third is like some <laughs> weird like mafia movie. 
I've seen all three. I mean, they are um, they are comedies, but they do become more action comedies as the films go on. He also wrote Bora Bora. Wait, he wrote Borat? Yeah. I think he only had a small part of that. Like ninety percent of that movie. I mean, they all work together, right? Yeah. So, you know, he uh, he's friends with Sasha Barrick, Baron Cohen. Makes sense. About nine people wrote Borat, so he, yeah, he just had yeah. a hand in it. Like, right, there were a lot yeah. of vignettes in Borat, a lot of, lot of uh, separated scenes. I think he actually left writing it. From what I read about uh, him, he actually might have left uh, writing it because, like, some, I don't know, some... Inability to in, inability to like work with the other people that were writing it. Maybe SBC I've heard is kind of kind of difficult. Uh, he had to leave that um, that Queen movie. Uh, probably I, I, he was probably in the right because it seems like that movie uh, wasn't super well loved. Um, maybe if you're a fan of Queen, but um, so uh, I, I wonder how he went from doing all these really kooky comedies to trying to make Taxi Driver 2, The Revenge. I kind of wonder too, because I, I always I always think to myself, like, is, is, is he trying to become like, or, or do this sort of Kubrick thing? I think, Of like I don't suddenly know. becoming like an actually like, you know, cause like, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I really like this film. It's uh, really good. Like, Start to uh, to finish. I think it was like a lot of the cinematography was amazing. Uh, yep. Whatever directing he actually did do, because in reality, um, and he, and he admitted this himself, he actually let uh, Joaquin Phoenix do a lot of the. Like, he talked to improv, him. Yeah, yeah he, he like he let him do a lot of improv in general. Let him. He, he let uh, basically other people in the in the project work more on it than than himself. He didn't just completely override every, every everything it's not complete yeah. it's not a project completely made by and improv is usually used in a very awful comedies but it works in this somehow like ghostbusters the letter he's uh he's uh the new one the found revenge. so far right now is basically a kind of love letter or sort of like a like a memory hold letter that the mom uh just received from supposedly from thomas wayne saying that it's possible that what do you call that he is the son of thomas wayne yes what that joker and batman are brothers in other words well we'll yes. see yeah two sides of the same dude. coin now that's right dude lore deepest lore yeah and he's basically he's really mad at his mother because He's wondering if, like, okay, if you knew in some way, why would where's my money hope? for so for so long? And and he's trying to break into the bathroom while his mother's hiding in there. I guess he wants answers from her, but she just doesn't. She's trying to poop. No, Jesus. <laughs> she's like, go away, I'm baiting. The other thing they're doing here is they're trying to tear down the memory of Thomas Wayne, aren't they? Because all, all your dealings with Thomas Wayne in the comics and the film so far is that he was a great philanthropist and a, and a like totally dedicated family man. It, it, I, I find that aspect kind of a bit weird. Well, we we'll see more from Thomas Wayne. Yeah, that's not really changed. I think Thomas Wayne is portrayed as a as a good man. 
as a good man, yeah. He's obviously kind of the villain, but that's because the no, no, he's not. He's you actually I mean? not. No, he. Well, he's not even the villain in this. Um, it, it's more the fact that like the the movie like has uh involves him with the you know a lot with the story because of uh of the Joker. But uh, honestly, I would even I even have notes here about it, like basically talking about where the Joker actually forgives uh Thomas Wayne for some of the things he did at by the end of the film. And it, and it makes sense why, like basically all of Thomas Wayne's actions during the film are com- are almost completely forgivable. Yeah, completely justified and forgivable. And you'll you'll see um you'll you'll see more yeah, as, we'll as get. the film goes on. So Thomas Wayne had to make some hard decisions. Um, essentially, you could say that. So now we have um Arthur Fleck, uh, the Joker, at Thomas Wayne's house. Yeah, that's uh, Thomas Wayne's son. Uh, Bruce Wayne? Yes. Bruce Wayne? Master Bruce? Master Bruce? Where's Where's Alfred? Don't tell me Alfred's not in this movie. Alfred is in this it? movie. Okay, so... Oh, really? Oh, man, I'm yeah. so psyched. I'm so psyched. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about to join the old man in the corner of this theater. I'm so psyched. <laughs> is he still at it? Yeah, he's still so the Joker you. is God. in full face paint with a big red nose, and he's stalking the Wayne household, um, and he's actually making contact with uh, with Bruce, child Bruce, at the moment. He's doing a little, he's doing a little creepy dance. Well, he's doing a little joke routine that a clown would do, essentially, where he's trying right. to like use a wand to open the gate. Uh, Bruce Wayne is like completely stoic faced at this. Uh, it just does not like. He's being a creepy child right now. <laughs> He's not saying like, whoa, what the heck are you doing, dude? This is weird. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> yeah, so the wand just went all floppy, and then when this went, uh-huh. he His wand went all floppy. Shut, okay, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> floppy rod. Now he just turned the wand into some flowers. All right, all right. Very, uh, very... He's, le- He's leaning in for a kiss now. <laughs> He's taking I'm off his nose. I'm assuming that I'm assuming that Arthur Fleck. They're is both kinda... getting up really close to the gate. What's going on, guys? The old man in the ah. corner of the theater is going nuts. Dude, Dude old man, his hand is cold. Oh, it's just soft. I don't even think he can get it up, dude. It works anymore? <laughs> just slapping it. and red. Okay, we're getting gross now. We're getting gross. Let's, let's reel that in. Let's reel that in. Chick, 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 chick. Okay. So, so Arthur Fleck is essentially, you know, he feels that Bruce Wayne is his uh, brother, his little brother, and he he's, yeah. trying to, he's been trying to make him smile this entire time. So now he's kind of just forcing a smile on him. So basically, so basically, Arthur Fleck just stuck <laughs> his fingers in a small boy's mouth. There's Alfred. Oh, that's Alfred, young Alfred. Oh, he's kind of a neck beard, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Why do we not talk to strangers, Master Bruce? <laughs> he lost a lot of weight uh, in the in the intervening years between this and the Dark Knight. <laughs> so he's uh, he's trying to plead with uh, Alfred. Arthur's talking to Alfred about uh, possibly being a part of the Wayne estate. Um. I, one thing I'm impressed by in this movie, and I'm, I'm frankly, I feel like this is a very liberal film overall. But I, one thing I'm very impressed by is that the the single mother is not regarded as being a good thing. Oh yeah, no, no, not at all. Uh, it, even even 
Yeah, even later. Oh yeah, no. It gets We've talked about a lot of films on DMS where the single mother is kind of exalted, um, but this is not one such film, and I, I think that's pretty neat. I mean, that really gets to the heart of things. When I mean, people in the '80s and '90s, like they used to regard single motherhood as being, oh man, Alfred's getting choked out right now. I love this Alfred action. I love it. But um, it used to be regarded as a bad thing, which it is, of course. Um, not getting choked out. Single motherhood, I mean. Um, but of course, you know, as the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, well, especially the 2010s, there's literally nothing better you can be than a single mother. Mm -hmm. Yes, no, this is actually portrayed in one of them, probably the most realistic and most cruel and uh, like not in a good light way. It's very, yeah. in a very, in yeah, a negative absolutely. Light. Um, hey guys, wait a minute. What the heck is that? What? Wait a minute. There's what? what? There's oh, someone oh. coming. There's someone else coming into the theater, guys. Uh, wow, they're late. What oh. are these? Yeah, I know. What, what? This guy's in a black trench coat. Is he trying to do a Batman thing? <laughs> oh man, he's oh, all he's sweaty. <laughs> this guy's got a. Oh god. Oh my god. No. Wait a minute, guys. Guys, wait. it's an incel. What the fuck? It's an <laughs> incel. Get fuck? down, guys. Oh my god! Ah! Okay, cute false alarm. It was uh it was just a member of the DSA. Oh. And they have lots of sex. It was just getting his lighter out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What fucking smoking in theaters got Brazilian is it's only weed, don't worry. Uh, yeah. It's a plant, man. That's, that's worse! It's a plan. So we uh we figure out here that um uh, Arthur Arthur comes back to his apartment building and he finds out that his mother is actually uh had a stroke. Joker. Um, mom had a stroke. Yeah. So this is the bait and switch. You think Arthur is the Joker, but it's really his mom who is the Joker. This is very progressive. I love this. No, we're joking. We're Joe. We're joking. Yeah. Our first female Joker. Finally. <laughs> They did that in the comics in Flashpoint. They did, um, they did Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne was Batman, and uh, and Martha Wayne was the Joker because, and she'd and she'd gone insane because uh, Bruce Bruce had been shot. That's fucking <laughs> retarded. That's so funny. <laughs> so this is the first scene that we're kind of introduced to, uh, you know, the actual consequences of his uh, shooting in the in the tr in the train. Uh, we have two. Uh, detectives coming up to him asking him uh you know some questions why would they suspect him i i would think in the 80s uh, a city like new york wasn't under like extreme cctv surveillance like it probably is today he's a clown that got fired bringing a gun to a hospital he probably and there's yeah and there was recently a shooting with a man who was dressed up as a clown in a subway. Oh yeah, also, also when he was in the hospital, the gun fell out of his pocket, didn't it? Yeah. These are good detectives. Like, real, like, New York City detectives would be, uh, <laughs> like, uh, unsolved mystery. Look, we love our cops, alright? On the left, is that a young Commissioner <clears throat> Gordon? Yes. We love our military. I actually have no idea, but, um... Yeah, well, let's just say it is. It probably is. Uh, one thing that I've noticed is that 90% of the cast are black women, and um, they're basically the hidden figures. They're not the detectives, they're not like the politician, they're not uh, the gamer, 
but they're always there in the background, let you know that they're running the show. They're they're the real foundation of society. You know. Yeah, you know, these two these two white guy detectives. That is probably very. No, realistic the, the and, detectives uh, are accredited as but as Detective Burke, Detective Garrity. So no Commissioner Gordon there. Yeah, I guess Commissioner Gordon would just be like a teenager or something at this point. He's only a little bit older than Bruce. Maybe like, maybe 10 years older than Bruce, I want to say. 10, 12 yeah. years. Wait, he's hanging out with the Nubian princess when his mom's in the hospital? Oh, there she came to the hospital. Okay. So there's a, a, been a lot of talk about this, that, that maybe the Nubian princess isn't real, and he's just imagining that she came to, to hang out with him? Yes. Yes, that that is well. Since you already got to, yeah, that, that is what happened. Um, they spell it out pretty clearly. Like they even show flashbacks of him standing alone in scenes where she's with him. Um, if you're right, a retard okay. like Stefan Molnar, you didn't pick up on that. I guess I don't know how. <laughs> um, yeah, but the thing is, guess... is that people also think that it's uh that that whole um you know them telling you and spelling you out for it is kind of like a, a hint that there might be other things that are also in his head only honestly i thought they made it a little too obvious with the flash yeah what the well they made it obvious apparently not though they're in it anyway because all of their apparently apparently not some this movie is already like i'm in the the bowels of a squirrel and the squirrel keeps eating nuts and then those nuts are being turned into feces and i am being churned over and over again through the bowels of the squirrel and being covered in squirrel feces until i am pooped into a hole in the ground well that's what molyneux said about the movie yeah oh, I, I, I might really be paraphrasing he, he said he said it's like <laughs> being in a oh cement mixer um full of vomit is what he said because he's he's a retarded contrarian <laughs> okay so the scene happening here is that he's actually is that is that this is actually a um this is most likely real but basically uh author is is seeing himself during yeah in, in a stand-up comedy um a video of him doing stand-up comedy but on his favorite Murray show but the issue is, is that uh they're kind of showing him scenes or, or his scenes from the comedy uh, routine he did and are laughing at him for being not funny not funny yeah not funny yeah <laughs> not fun. wow so robert and now, d n and now is, his, uh, his his favorite hero is literally making fun of him on tv yes. and right and again this is if you've seen requiem for a dream this is um pretty much that kind of technique just ripped right Never out of that. Um, we see that. Uh, uh, what, what is that? Um, so there, there's a newspaper on the floor with the headline facing up. Uh, we, we're in sort of a, a top-down shot of the of the Joker's. Yeah, the Joker's yeah, the bed. Same newspaper and we, we saw earlier. Okay. Yeah, the, and it's yeah. sort of telling us. Okay, about this clown movement rising yeah. uh, and there's a sign that's like resist and as we said earlier it's yeah, a, they want to kill it's a indescript it's a nondescript resistance movement but i think we kind of you know understand what it's trying to parallel it is yeah it is a kind of anarchist uh type uh thing these are not upstanding citizens these are thugs fiends well it's not even thugs it's um what do you call it? It's not essentially, 
They're like the only reason Arthur Fleck at all comes to kind of like a sympathy with them is only because of the of the clown masks and the fact yeah. that they're kind of they're kind of taking from something he did and go, going on forward with that. Yep. You'll see in a later scene when he actually um, does something really big that. Uh, yes, the one of the end, near the end. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, this is interesting because it's sort of combining you know, kind of the rightist uh, clown meme with kind of the leftist Antifa thing, the hashtag resist thing into this sort of melange of indescript like political turmoil. Yeah, and that's why I said that the poli the politics of this movie are really vague because it's it's about disenfranchised people that really, you know, hey, what the essentially the government and uh, people at the top are doing to them or, or letting uh, happen to them. But at the same time, it's also it's also mixing in like leftist sort of terminology and, and bullshit, right? Which makes sense because those are people we do see rioting now. You know, you don't you don't really see a lot of yeah. Right -wing and that's also those are also the people who are making the movies. So of course their 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 lived experience, if you will, is going to be more in touch with that side of things. Yeah, but yeah. like I like I said before, this is just a backdrop. So has Arthur got a new job then? It really doesn't. It is the backdrop. It's a perfect way of putting it. It doesn't really matter. It's not that. It doesn't even linger on these sorts of scenes all too long. Well, many movies do this. You kind of see this with uh, Soylent Green. Um, and, and, and honestly, this is sort of like a 70s kind of thing where um, you have yeah. a character. It's a it's a um, kind of character piece but then there's also political turmoil going on in the background and it, there, it is making an analog you know the the chaos of the joker's personality because the government has failed him capitalism has failed him um is is going alongside the general societal view and they're they're feeding into one another he fed into the movement the movement is feeding back into him um yeah. right now we see charlie chaplin uh one of the okay, original, so this... like, super famous uh, Levantine movie stars uh, in one of his most famous films. Um, yeah, I believe comedy. it's yeah, uh, Modern Times, so, but I might be wrong about that. So uh, what this um, scene is here is basically he's trying to get to talk to Thomas Wayne one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. We even see him, like, basically sneak into a theater where uh, Thomas Wayne is watching uh, the Charlie Chaplin film. And yeah. essentially here he's trying to sneak up not really sneak up to him but get to talk to him one-on-one -on -one as like father and son uh, as he believes yes there's a lot of rumble in this film yeah i think uh director said something before about uh wanting gotham to have this sort of oppressive atmosphere to where it's constantly on top of you like a sort of a uh, fat autistic man <laughs> I don't think he said that part. <laughs> no, he didn't say that, but uh Oh, it was implied. It was implied, yeah. Constantly on top of you like Harvey Weinstein when you're going for a movie role. Oh no. <laughs> uh Hemingford, can you pass the uh peanut butter MMs? Oh wait, never mind, I have them. So have Tom them. Thomas Wayne just realized that this is the guy who came to his uh So actually, this is 
Uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix looks older than Thomas Wayne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it is because he's kind of like decrepit and 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 bad guyish looking. Normally yeah. he looks. I, I mean, I wouldn't describe Joaquin Phoenix. Looks like mid thirties. Typically handsome man, but you know he looks normal. You know. What Thomas Wayne describes here uh, in the film is that he's not his father. Penny Fleck, uh, uh, the Joker's mother, was yeah. kind of delusional and basically, essentially, like he's telling him that you're even adopted. You're not actually even her own son. Whoa. And he's in denial about it. He's he's yelling at Thomas Wayne, saying like, "No, you're just just lying because you want you know you think that I want something from you." And I, he so what do you think? Do you think that Thomas Wayne is telling the truth or that he's trying to deflect? He's telling the truth, and we'll find out even more later. Oh, okay. And he's, and he's laughing, too, because... Oh, so Thomas... Did Thomas Wayne punch the Joker in the face? Yeah. Yes. Punched him because he thinks he's, you know, being freakish. Right, right. And, uh, and that will be a Wayne tradition for generations to come. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, through kind of the realization, and he's coming to acceptance with the with the fact that he possibly, it's one like Thomas Wayne doesn't wouldn't even take him back, uh, or would just deny it completely, even if he was his own son. But the fact that his mother also possibly adopted him, um, and not only that, but was delusional and, and tried to lie about it the whole time. I've just done the maths, and uh, Thomas Wayne. So if you go by the actors' actual ages, like um, Thomas Wayne, he's 18 years older than Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I gotta say this scene is—I don't like it. It feels very heavy-handed. Uh, the Joker uh, just got inside a refrigerator. Uh, and just it stuck feels there. forced. I don't know. This is actually it, something Joaquin Phoenix did, like just because Joaquin. It's Joaquin. Phoenix. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Not Joaquin. Joaquin. Or um, or you can Joaquin. Use his birthday what's his birthday tom maybe you can't uh you can't really understand it so much it's it's kind of what crazy people do when they want i i know maybe it's it, hot outside it feels a little like, like everything's been pretty subtle this feels a little for have you been to gotham in the summer my dude dude yeah. uh, here's the here's the thing is though is he's been kind of given some really like in, I get it. I, I don't. It doesn't that he, break that the movie. Possibly, that he's it possibly just, adopted, and his mother like lied to him, it. and that like it. you know he doesn't have any actual family. I I get it. I understand. So what hap what's happening here as well is that he's actually getting a phone call from the Murray show, yeah. and they're asking him like, "Hey, we saw you know wh when we took that clip of you, we actually kind of realized that people really like the clip, and we would like to actually have you on the Murray show." Now, this isn't a delusion of his, surprisingly, um, but this is actually something that kind of gets him on to the show and gets him uh, one of the most, uh, probably, I, I would say, one of the best scenes of this movie. I, I gotta say, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is working triple shifts in this film, right? Like, every single scene is about following him around. Or do you want to use his self-given name of Lee? <laughs> Lee? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, like, changed his names a couple of times. Yeah. Day of the Rake when? He's a really weird... He's a really weird hippie. His parents were hippies as well. Uh, they were actually in the uh, the Children of God cult. Oh, my 
Oh no. Yeah, right. Hippies, 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 hippies. Now uh Arthur is trying to get answers and he's going to the uh Arthum uh Arkham Arkham Asylum, but this is called Arkham State Hospital. It's it's a mental facility, you know, for the mentally ill and whatnot. But he's basically trying to get information about his mother to see if he's right. actually adopted. For some reason, they've renamed Arkham Asylum to Ar Arkham State Hospital, which is uh, I don't know. That's an interesting choice. Why do you think they did that, Hammickford? Um, are they just trying to separate it from Batman? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I. It's the only choice. It's the only kind of logical choice I can think of. Is they're trying to keep it separate from Batman. So, so it's it's familiar but not the same. I don't. Yeah, I liked how uh, him coming in with they could have gone for the cheap, like oh, it's a creepy hospital kind of ambience, but it's just silent. I like that. Well, yeah, it's silent, and there's a man like literally screaming at the top of his lungs right next to him, but you can't hear it. Right. No, that is that is very interesting. It shows how isolated he is in his own head. Yeah. No, no, I think I think that screaming's just the dude in the coat at the front. Yeah. Um, um it's pretty hilarious to me how different this is from all the DC films. Yeah, you know? it's not <laughs> retarded. It could it couldn't be more different in tone from everything since the end of the Dark Knight trilogy to to this film, like everything in between is all just Marvel movies, uh, that, that that type of film, and now we get another real movie. But it's, again, it's its main focus is Batman, and uh, and even and even you could say the Joker, like the Dark Knight, I think was the last major uh, film in any DC, you know, based franchise. And then we get the Joker again, and it's a major film. Well, this this is what people have actually been saying about the movie as well. Is that they they don't think of this as a cape shit movie. They don't think of it as a uh, even a DC film. It's it's more of just like I mean, as you guys have been saying, it's like a taxi driver taxi too. Driver. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a tragedy. It's just yeah. a tragedy film. It's not a superhero yeah. film. It's not in the same tone. Yes. Well, no one has superpowers in Batman. Uh, well, some people do. So did he just say that she is his mother? No. No, so, she uh, is not. So he's uh, a little... The black man... The black man giving him... Of course, working in the mental asylum uh, hospital. He's basically, uh, like, a little creeped out from Arthur because Arthur is obviously, like, visibly mad uh, at the of what he's hearing. And essentially, he can't give up the files to anybody unless the person that uh, the person that the file is about can sign it, yeah, uh, sign it off. So he essentially just right. stole the file and ran right. off. So right. the the thing is, what happened here is that the black man was essentially saying, like, yeah, so uh, essentially, like, you know, she adopted this uh, uh, child, but she was kind of put in a, like a mental facility uh, before that, uh, like. Uh, you know, severe like issues, and now that he has the file, he actually gets to see in detail what happened to his mother. What's what's the details about him? His biological mother, you're saying, or his adopted mother? His adopted mother is Penny. Oh, okay. So not only was he adopted, the woman who adopted him was herself uh, mentally ill. Yes. So the thing is that they found out is that Arthur Fleck was abused as a child 
by Penny's, uh, uh, like, boyfriend, essentially. And that she would, she would, she would pretend that this wasn't happening because of Arthur's sort of laughing, his, his, uh, yeah, and, and even such that the child was abandoned at one point. One thing, one thing I don't really get is, like, are they trying to do a whole, like, nurture versus nature kind of thing? Like, um, oh, he's crazy because he got a bad child? Right, of course. I mean, it's always, it's always about nurture with these people. It's always I don't know. About he's, nurture. like... <laughs> I don't know if that's it, or if it's like, oh, his mother's crazy. He also just happens to be crazy. It's very clear that it is. He was, he was adopted, right? I, I, yeah, it just doesn't make sense, is the thing. No, no, of course it doesn't make sense, but but this is always their narrative. And to an extent, I guess. If you, get, if you get abused very badly as a child, you know, you'll be kind of fucked. He was abandoned. Uh, he had some sort of issue that this woman picked him up, but at the same time, his... This woman uh, allowed her uh, boyfriend to abuse him and completely just ignored it, like, without fail. And apparently he doesn't really remember it, and it could actually... People have even said that, like, this could have been why he has other mental issues besides just his laughter. Yes. His, his weird sort of... Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is uh, domestic abuse is a... Uh... Because of a single mom. Yeah. Because of a single mother, but also this is how they... Their narrative about, you know, how every human behavior is kind of this um, thing that's passed through memes and not through genes. So it's, yeah, we, we, we've seen this many times before in film. Um, do you guys think that part of the part of the adoption uh, narrative, though, is to uh, uh, kind of keep the mystique of the Joker's origins, even though what you're watching is an origin story? Right, yeah. so we never really have a fulfillment uh, to really understand where the Joker comes from. He he remains this sort of meta metaphysical creature in a sense. Yeah. So is is the, is the hot neighbor then? Is she a complete nutter fabrication? Or yeah. No, no, no. Stay focused, because if you're a galaxy brain, you still can't understand. That. That's what I've heard at least. <laughs> as, as, as they point out scene yeah. to scene to you yeah as they point out <laughs> yeah we're about to we're about to find like the most masterful ambiguous filmmaking because ambiguous filmmaking is the best yes. filmmaking right no no blink and you'll miss yeah. oh man the joker is reaching for something i don't know it's pretty blurry is he in her? He he's in the Nubian princess's apartment. Is that what's yeah. going on? Yes, that's what's going on. Okay, so he's fondling all of her furniture. Yeah, like you do. Is the is the Ficus plant gonna get it? <laughs> <laughs> thank thank God, thank God they can't do agriculture, or else uh, he'd be having a field day. So she just uh, went up into the room and freaked out. Because the strange man that she barely knows here. The TV is on, but there's just static on it. That's that's adding to the creepiness, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's essentially saying, like, you're in the wrong apartment. Like, please, please leave. You know, stuttering and all that. What are you talking about? I've always lived here. What? The Joker was a ghost the I just whole don't time? get it. What's going on? This doesn't make sense. This is bad film. Yeah, this Wait, is... so the Joker is Batman? 
The, jo- the Joker is a figment of his own imagination. That's what the twist is. <laughs> the Joker is a dream within a dream. Now that's excellent. The movie though. ends with just some random dude waking up. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, and an angel waking up on the head of a pin. <laughs> we go full Twin Peaks with it. <laughs> uh, the Joker should have brought his Nintendo over and say, "You want a game with me?" <laughs> What's going play on? Smash? Why is she not there in these scenes? <laughs> I don't get it. Tone, what's going on? I don't what? understand. I don't know, dude. So he just killed well, this her. Is, um... This is like Inception. It's so difficult to keep up with. No, okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm joking. I, he, my IQ has gone up color. about 20 points over the course of this film. <laughs> Again, he's uh, laughing and kind of screaming. So, yeah, I mean, this is the incels who kind of, like, imagine that they have, like, the perfect gamer girlfriend. This is this is really, like, a GF meme in the form of, like, cinema. They're faced with no GF. They're very happy people, aren't they, the incels? Of course. No. Very they're happy. Not, they're not very happy. I mean, look how he's laughing. They are a part of society. Joker's in his apartment laughing and smoking, almost completely naked. He's just in his underwear. And it's a very... Almost sad, just very sad, sort of laugh, almost cry. And uh, now we're in the next scene where he's currently giving himself these scars. No. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't help but lie because society. Society's like you. Don't know I got these scars. Society. <laughs> I'm the joke. <laughs> Joker, why do you keep lying? Because society lies, man. <laughs> we need this to cross over into the new Matrix movie, Matrix 4. So, like, the Joker wakes up from the Matrix. That's the real society. So right now, Joker is inside his, um, wh- where his mother is situated in the hospital. And he's having a fact. He's kind of he's kind of having like a, a little one to one about the whole situation. He he's more or less not even to me. Like you 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 allowed it. Is is this when doctors used used to recommend smoking? Is this what is this what it is? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, there's a lot of smoking in this film. Found this out film that kills you in the eighties. I'm not sure. So now he's uh, killing his mother. Day of the pillow, finally. Day of the pillow for the boomer. Day of the pillow. <laughs> but his mom's like a, uh, a a young, like greatest Jenner, or or maybe just a regular age greatest Jenner because Listen, she's um, spiritually a boomer. All right, she allowed her son <laughs> to be abused by like some, you know. I I guess right. Um, but yeah, the Joker is officially a boomer because he would and be he, se- seventy years old in in contemporary era so he's absolutely a boomer and here we find out that too that her ex-boyfriend that uh, abused him was black are you for real holy crap he just called him the n-word oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah he just right now uh joker after said that effing (laughs) n-word 
<laughs> I can't why? believe it, dude. I why told you. did you sleep with that BN? N word. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that Alfred as a guest on the Robert De Niro show? No, I don't Robert think Robert so. De Niro show. It, look, it looks so, like Alfred. So in preparation for his uh, scene on uh, on the Mary show, he's trying to like kind of copy this one guy and uh, how he walks in. So right now he's essentially like copycatting because he can't. Essentially, he's so socially awkward he can't really even, you know. Yeah, think. yeah, and and now he's sort of dressing in something closer to his canonical Joker outfit, which you know the Joker always dresses snappy, sort of like review bra. Um, he has mm -hmm. a lot of. He takes a lot of credence in how he looks. What's his opening line in the interview? Do you want to know? I got this paint. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna use the bathroom. Uh, don't eat my popcorn. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I won't. Guys, pass it's me some of that gone. popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Here. Thank you. What the fuck? Hey, yo, Tone has a fucking chocolate bar on his seat. Oh, it's all melted. Ew. Oh. Ew. Gross. So, uh, I don't know. If you, have you guys seen Big Fan with Patton Oswald? Big fan, no. Big fan, yeah. It's it's an it's about an incel, but he's uh not a gamer in the strictest sense. He's a football fan. Oh no no, you mean the fan? He's a foot. He's a foot fetish. He's a hand egg fan, and uh, there are a lot of parallels between that movie and this movie. That's De Niro as well, isn't it? The fan. Uh no no no, Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. Oh, there's because there's a film called The Fan. I'm sure it. Oh no, big fan, big fan. Uh, there's a film called The Fan with Robert De Niro in it. Oh my god. So Joker right now is kind of auditioning, as, uh, not or rehearsing rather, what he wants to do on the show. On the Robert De Niro show, right. On the Robert De Niro show. He wants to essentially come onto the show and then just tell a one-line joke where he kills him. And basically making it the end of his life. Okay, so now he's transforming into the Joker. He's killed the Nubian princess. No, okay, he hasn't actually... No, he didn't actually kill her. Oh, he didn't kill her yet. Okay, so he, he didn't kill her. I, I thought that... Uh, no, I, I said that as a joke she, because people... Oh, I thought when, when she confronted him, he uh, he killed her. Well, um, he, he kind of killed her. He called her the N-word, and that is a form of violence. <laughs> and she exploded. Yeah, that's a, she exploded. See, any movie that uses Frank Sinatra is uh, automatically good uh that's just a fact <laughs> i can i can understand that yeah so we have the uh iconic scene of him applying the face paint well that's kind the... of a that's kind of a trope from the comics and the and the animated series isn't it that he's kind of a um, uh he's kind of like a rat pack inspired like 50s inspired creation yeah. isn't he ew he's painting his tongue yeah, I thought it was him just applying uh, moisture to the um, to his to his you know to the paintbrush, but I guess people saw that as actually him painting his tongue. Bro, I think this is crazy. He's doing a creepy, crazy thing. Yeah, he's yeah, not he's like. That's <laughs> another one. Know I got this paint. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know how I got this white tongue? <laughs> I bought it from Walgreens. <laughs> so we have somebody now knocking on his door you know he's killed his mother he's killed those three people and he's kind of getting you know ready or anxious for anybody that comes in 
Um, now oh, there's a fat guy and a midget. Oh, okay. So it's we, a we perfect have the return of the midget. Setup. So these are old co-workers. Um, whose so whose faces are also white? Crazy are, man's are their faces painted also, or is that just sort of the uh, trick of the uh, projection? Okay, so their faces are normal. Um, I mean, he was in the Dark Knight, wasn't he? The fat guy. Uh huh. Really? Thanks. What? As who? The fat guy. Yeah. He's oh, in okay. Of, he's in one of the Nolan Batman. So basically, the fat guy and uh, Midget are essentially kind of like coming over just to see how he's doing, like what's up. Like uh, one of them's kind of trying to. I would imagine he's just trying to get money back for his, you know, gun. Or oh, and as well, uh, uh, yeah, as he says right now that his uh, the feds have been kind of coming around their shop asking questions to everybody. Uh, okay, so yeah. Oh, you um, can't say midget. And uh, what what we have here is is actually the transformation of Arthur into the Joker was interrupted by a visitation from friends, and um, not really friends. Right. Well, people who know him, and he he proceeds to kill them. No, he, he was he wasn't in. He wasn't in the dark. That was the that was the guy who actually uh, screwed him over, and actually got uh, he, who tattled on. Okay, him the snitch. Well, uh, he 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 received his stitches as is appropriate. The snitch got his stitches. I think he's beyond stitches. I'm gonna get really nitpicky here and say that some of those blood spurt spurts looked really cheap. Oh my god. <laughs> it looks cool on the white face paint. So he, oh he, no, the actual his face is covered in splattered blood and white face paint, and the the contrast there is great. Like that, this is definitely one of the moments. Like Corbo said, it's really well shot. That's definitely one of the moments uh, I'm very impressed by. So this is essentially almost like a comedic relief scene. How many people that laugh? I yeah, I didn't like this uh, scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, it's very cool and and sort of weird. Basically, he doesn't want to kill the midget because he was like, kind of nice to him. And this is, this here is fine, but it goes the scene. It goes, goes on, on for a while. We'll, we'll, we'll what what are they doing scene. right now? Explain the context of this scene. They're having a back and forth. What are they doing? They're having a back and forth. The the midget is like, oh my god, you killed him. Oh god, oh jeez. And Arthur's oh, like, cool. uh, well, listen, you know, I'm not gonna kill you. You can just leave. And then he's. Then he goes to scare him because he's right. A little jump crazy. scare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is cruel. The midget can't open the door because, like, because he's top. too short. Yeah. This is like. Uh... <laughs> didn't that uh, didn't that movie exec say, "Don't kill the midget or you'll lose the audience"? Well, no, because it, it makes sense in the context because the midget was the only one, like. Yeah, that didn't really make fun of him. That wasn't an asshole. Yeah. And also, mm. the midget was also the other one that got kind of got made fun of all the time, as well. They're both gamers. <laughs> yeah, they're both they're both gamers, so he understands. Back at work, they talk about like super, I don't think Mario was out in eighty. Joker is emotionally stunted, and the midget is physically stunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a fly here. True. How did a fly get in the theater? Oh yeah, this oh. is Brazil. Yeah, it's in Brazil, dude. 
you've lived here your entire life. Why don't? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. This this music here is problematic because it's uh, done by Gary Glitter. I don't know whether you know, but he's a uh, yeah. pedophile. Yeah, the Joker is pedophilia, guys. We don't what? care when anything else in is made by pedophile. <laughs> but in this case. So now the Joker's he's he's full Jokered out. Like he just yep, kills he who he wants, he dances in the street, he is absolutely he's like he's uh, some banging music. He's gone full this, gamer. This song is uh, Rock and Roll Part Two by Gary Glitter. Yeah, I I think licensed music in this was used very well. A lot of DC movies use it very poorly. Um, I think Suicide Squad apparently did it very bad. Uh, a lot of DC movies do everything poorly. Exactly. <laughs> this entire scene was just brilliant. I Yeah, this scene is I going to be it. parodied. He's dancing in slow motion down some wet stairs while smoking a cigarette without holding the cigarette. So it's like kind of the badass way of doing it. Wait, are these are these detectives just watching him dance like this? <laughs> now we have the famous Joker running scene. What? We literally have a Joker running scene? That's so funny. It's like the director saw the original Society video and like, well, we gotta do that, guys. We gotta reference that. That's so funny. They're doing the Joker running scene. Everyone, you gotta watch this movie now. You got, oh my it's God. Wait, this is like movie. shot for shot, the Joker running scene. Didn't he even get hit by a car in the original yeah, video? Yes, yes, he did. What, what, what? video? <laughs> Yes, he's literally running from uh, detectives, oh and God, it, it looks exactly movie. like the same. <laughs> it looks so much like it. Oh, that's amazing. It's pretty well shot. Yeah, it is a little silly. I the thing no, is, no, that's found, so I awesome. Found, I can't believe they're doing that. The thing is, I found funny was uh, that um, the director actually had Joaquin Phoenix do all the running, just because of uh. Well, they had a stunt guy. Uh, well, that's not actually true. I mean, I know at least for the opening shots, all the running was done by someone else. Uh, it was done oh, by a stunt uh, guy. No, I don't think all of it, but like, you know, when you see in in the intro when he's when he's chasing yeah. those uh, teens of color, all they're, the they're running not, is done by someone. They're else. They're not gonna hit Joaquin Phoenix with a car. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm yeah. sorry. All all the running from uh, the side of his from, from his back side. Yeah, back exactly. Side. Obviously, yeah. from the front, uh, it, it's Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin. Yeah. Joaquin. Apparently, because uh, Joaquin's style of running uh, in this role was so unique, and I, I agree with that. He does an amazing job of kind of having his bombast to his run. He looks like a clown running when he runs, which I he think is... like a fucking retard. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. Uh, they're, they're, they're on a train full of uh, clown protesters as the... Uh, Cops are fighting. Yeah, uh, so the basically, so are they, li so they literally trying to say that Antifa are clowns? <laughs> well, I, I think what they're doing is the anonymous bit, right? The anonymous versus Scientology thing, which we covered in a previous episode. Um, they all wore Guy Fox masks um, when they would protest. Yeah, the the first instance of it wasn't as gay as later instances. Uh, it became it became very liberal. Well, apparently, uh, I've seen pictures of the uh, whatever opinions you have on that. Um, I don't I don't really care much. Doesn't really affect me. Don't really understand. But um, <laughs> there are Chinese people wearing Guy Fox masks, oh, and it's yeah. really fucking funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's retarded. So he's literally just dancing on the grave. These two cops now that were chasing. Yeah, him. these cops he's kinda, are getting. He's, he's he's taken the entire role of the Joker now. This is um, and this yeah, this scene right here of him walking uh, away from the train station just. This is when he fully becomes the Joker. He is he is one hundred percent Joker now. He is a yeah. He's yeah, full bore Joker. Um, he's got sort of this. Uh, his yeah. his face paint is melting a little bit from tears, and it's sort of this you know crying clown thing. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so basically, to understand why he was even in clown make suit uh, in general was because he went off to the yeah with well, the clown but he's also went off to the Murray show and he wanted to go there dressed up uh basically yeah. transformation so now he's at the Murray show and he's um he's he's waiting in the in the lounge and uh this is his first meeting real meeting of course the producer of the show is a very uh semitic looking man <laughs> well why wouldn't he be right um one one thing um, is he being invited to do like a sort of a sideshow act? He, he's being interviewed on. Why would he be interviewed? Why? What are they interviewing him about? Just his little bit. People wanted to. People basically uh, gave him replies that they wanted to see the bit. And joke. The the, re, the thing was that actually happened here right now. This is very important. Is uh, Yuri actually asked him like, "What's with the clown makeup? Like, are you part of the protesters?" And he, uh, Joker, actually says like, "No, I'm I'm not at all. I'm not. I don't care about any of the politics or anything about it." Okay. So so they he's now known publicly as the catalyst for all of these protests. Not yet. Not yet. So why why did Robert De Niro want him on his show? I don't understand. What, what? Because they played the clip of his stand-up, and everyone thought it was really funny, making fun of him. Oh. So it's like, oh, we'll have him on the show. Yeah, having him on the show is a bit to make fun of him more. So he's kind of like on the on the X Factor of Pop He became a big cringe, like uh, a lol cow. He's a lol cow. He became oh, okay. a lol cow, and now uh, well, Muri is basically bringing him on the show to kind of make fun of him. God, he's gonna milk that cow. Got it. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna milk that cow. Now, at first, Joker kind of sees this as maybe like, oh, like maybe this is like my chance. Like maybe uh, Miri's just like kind of being a nice guy or whatever. But we'll see later on. Um, also, he he just wants to kind of just kill himself on air. Sorry, Ham. Did you want to chime in? Oh, no, I was just gonna it. say. It, it, I was just gonna say it was like a low cow. You know, like the like the people that yeah. sing really badly on uh, X Factor and Pop Idol. But. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's funny. I I like the way they're sort of bringing this together, and the whole thing isn't just in his head. You know that that to me is a little bit satisfying, where we can have that character study, yeah. but we can also kind of have the um, maybe more um, movie esque elements here, where yeah. bigger things this, get this, to happen for the character. This climax here, this scene on the movie show is. Um, uh, I think it's perfect. It, I mean, the movie itself, but this part of it is just This perfect. scene I, in general of him being on the Miri show is... I mean, I, I'd honestly even tell you to just, you you know, be quiet for a bit. And, and well, no. We gotta tell people what's going on. Oh, yeah, well, actually, talk. I want to talk about the color grading in this. So, I wasn't a huge fan of the way that they chose to go with this sort of sepia, greenish sepia color grading for everything. It's sort of like... Um, uh, it, it gives me the feel like, look how deep our movie is. This is such a serious film because we have a sepia color grade. Isn't he just going for like a 70s color palette, though? 
there's a bit of that, but there's also I feel like like serious self-serious films use kind of an earth tone color grade, uh, a, a desaturated color grade. But I I do also love the use of color in this movie, and and. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit cynical about this movie. I don't like it as much as you guys do, but but I will say that I'm really 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 happy to see like one ambitious movie. This is like the first exactly. ambitious movie in years, right? Even if right. you don't like the movie, which I get, uh, if some people don't like it, but it, you still gotta admit, like it's good to see a movie like this made. Uh, I, I don't. I don't it. hate it at all. I. I, 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 I actually I think it's fine. Um. Yeah. I. Like I said, I don't like it as much. I think it's fine. I like yeah, as much yeah, as yeah. you do. I but that. I'm happy I to see it. that this is uh, this is an aspirational film, and you don't see too many of those anymore. I've talked about this Unlike previously on the show. every Marvel movie, this feels like one guy's vision. You know, you can't this say feels that. like a genuine yeah. movie. So just to describe the scene that just happened, uh, we actually have Joker finally be introduced on the Murray show. And he actually does something so out of character compared to all of his other scenes in the movie. He actually starts dancing and twirling and kind of being very uh, almost um, like a real actor or a real uh, uh, comedian or entertainer. And he does he does still very awkward things like he kisses the lady for a little too long he's yeah. kind of being a little too silent uh, on his on his jokes here uh, yeah he pulls out a notebook um when he asks for a joke yeah well this is kind of the joker's shtick right he's simultaneously exactly. a villain and a performer at least in his own mind and uh, he's think everything he does. He's thinking in the context of his audience, which is Gotham City. Like, like you're saying about the character of the Joker, the jo the character of the Joker kind of originally is is kind of like he's. Um, you don't know whether he's going to have a laugh with you and slap you on the back and send you on your way, or slit your throat. He could do either one. Exactly. Yeah, that's the nature of chaos, right? He yeah. is the avatar for chaos to be the foil to Batman's order, and. Um, it's interesting to put this like human study, this character study, lay that over Joker. that character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they give that a tons of texture. Yeah. He tells very um, not not good show. Uh, so we're we're coming into the climax here. We've got about twelve more minutes in the movie. Yes. And uh, this is a very interesting way, like, to have a what's ostensibly a comic book movie, uh, bring this to a climax where he's on a talk show. And all that's happening right now is we're watching the talk show play out. We're this is pure dialogue. It's very tense. Like, I think that little old lady's supposed to be Dr. Ruth, isn't she? Do you, do you remember? She was like a big, yeah. a big yeah. star. You mean like it real life Dr. Ruth? The sex yeah, doctor? You, yeah. I think that's the character, isn't it? Huh. Basically, just now, he admitted that he killed those three people on the... Um, on the train, and as he's saying right now, yes. Uh, essentially, he's been telling a lot of bad jokes in the first part, like, "Oh, uh, knock knock, who's there?" Like, "Oh, my, um, my son got run. Your son got run over by a truck, and he's dead." And uh, that's that's the punchline. And now he's saying again, like, "Oh yeah, well, here's another punchline. I killed those three people on the train." And he's saying that like it's funny because they're dead, 
and he's saying <laughs> no. Um, well, you know what? There is there is a form of humor that uh, says you know the, the more extreme you go, the funnier it is. Now, the Joker takes this to all new levels. People, it's what some people refer to as like an anti-joke, and they can be funny. Right, but yeah, I'm not particularly keen on whacking Phoenix's choice of voice for the Joker. Uh, yeah, it's not exactly amazing. It's I don't think he could really. I don't think he could really work interviews with him. Uh, he's liter It literally just sounds like that. If if Joaquin Phoenix played the Joker in any other movie, I don't think it would work. In this movie. I yeah, this is um, uh, continuing the tradition of serious Batman films with terrible voices. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like it. I guess I'm just too attached to Mark Hamill's rendition, which is also what Heath Ledger kind of derives his voice from. Mark Hamill's voice is kind of the, the, the voice I've always imagined, and it's very rare yeah. that kind of what you've always imagined actually appears in... Yeah, like even even as someone that didn't really watch the animated series, like Mark Hamill, boy, perfect. Uh, he did the games, which I play a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 other voice that's really good is Jack Nicholson's because it's kind of very very predatory. Yeah, I think it works for that joke. Yeah. Jack Nicholson's Joker is dressed a mobster. I don't know about. Comic yeah. books, maybe that's what he's like. No, I mean, Joaquin's performance is great. Um, perhaps you might have some conflicts with his depiction of the actual full bore Joker, but he's not full bore Joker for a lot of the movie, right? Yeah. He's he's Arthur for most of the movie. Like we're in the last ten minutes now, less than ten minutes, and so I think that. His actual like realization of the Joker Joker is is less important in this movie and didn't need to be refined as much. Like, are we doing justice to the comic book? I think that was one of the last uh, last thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't think they really last cared much about the comic book. I think they want yeah. to do their own thing. So this is the last Joker. Uh, this is the last joke. He said it. He said society. Oh. Okay, so that spoiler guys, uh he shoots Robert De Niro in the face. I've derived a ton of satisfaction from Yeah, I'm very that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And he just sits yeah, he actually shoots him twice too. So, uh for the people that uh didn't hear, basically he go he goes on a rant saying essentially that uh, you know, the the people at the top are 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 awful. And uh, oh, you know, it, it's it the, what's what's funny is that um uh, what he says essentially is his fucking little dance. God damn it! <laughs> He's going right on up in the camera. That's actually uh, something Jerry. So Lewis the room is the room is full of people. Probably security also. He just murdered the host of the show. What's going on? He doesn't have superpowers. How's the Joker gonna get out of this one? Yeah, one of the things I don't like about this scene is uh, they cut to news footage. The news shows Robert De Niro get shot. I don't. I didn't grow up in the 80s. I don't think they'd show a man getting shot on TV. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So basically, he says, "Knock, knock. Who's there?" Uh, you know, a person that uh, lives in society where uh, 
Oh god, I can't even remember the whole quote. Fuck me. That doesn't give a shit about him. Yeah, that doesn't give a shit about him. Like, and he and basically like, uh, what do you call it? They what what no? What does this, what does a person get when he gets a when he has a society that treats him like trash and abandons him? And then he says they get what they fucking deserve. Yeah. This shot where he's in the back of the police car looks a bit similar to another shot we've seen with the yeah. Joker. Yeah, and the riots have gone like full. It's full, like crazy. Yeah, they they anarchy, went completely yeah, like... nuts. And uh, Joker just laughs at this because he loves it. He loves the anarchy. I, I don't know this song personally. I don't know. I'm not the biggest music guy, but I don't know if this song fits. I don't know. It's okay. It doesn't take me out of it. Yeah, it does take me out of it. it, it it's kind of okay. It doesn't like really fit it too well or too amazingly. But basically, Joker is in the back of a police car, laughing and, and hysterically, essentially at the at the violence and chaos going on. The police officers are uh, are in the front, are telling him, like, "Stop laughing, you fucking clown. This is your fault." Dude, he's gonna say it. He just said the N word, dude. Holy shit. Oh my god, dude. Oh, I forgot dude, that's about the that third song. N-word. He really is evil. Dude. Hard R and everything. He really is evil. Yeah, dude. Dude. <laughs> we live in a society. Dude. Where did Joker we live in a society. N-word on a movie? In a Only movie. three? I counted about 33. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, but I that might have been my imagination. Well, you sometimes know, when he laughs, he mixes. There, yeah. So that's true. Uh, he slips it in. What we have here is that I think there is some recognition from the people that uh, Joker is kind of their pseudo leader in a sense, or the these rioters, and they essentially. I don't know. Uh, well, the, the Joker is Pepe. Yeah, they they yeah. see him as kind of like he's more of a symbol than a leader. I yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, because they been. save him. They save him from the police car. Nobody cared who I was until I put on the coat paint. <laughs> yeah, the white paint and green hair dye. Um. So they're they're rescuing him from the cop car, which uh, got into an accident, and he's literally rising up as they lift him out of the car. Oh my God. Gamers. He's gonna say the gamer word again. So now gamers are rising up. Like Gotham is is in total mayhem. Uh, Zoro the, the gay, gay blade, blade is is on uh, <laughs> is, it, is on, in the theater. And this looks like a I don't know I don't know what porno theaters look like. This doesn't look like a porno. Well, no, theater. it's it's not because Thomas Wayne. Yeah, Thomas Wayne and his wife just left. Yeah. This is supposed to be the scene where the the they kill him. Or the clown people kill him. Yeah. Uh, so one of the clowns, uh, clown minions, sees uh, the Waynes running away from the riot. This is the moment in the alleyway where the Wayne parents are being killed in front of Bruce. And so the Joker is to blame for the murder of Bruce's parents. It's kind of weird that that guy doesn't kill Bruce. I guess, I guess he can't. But, well, he's a child, right? Yeah. yeah, there's some there's innocence to a child. It's not like these people are, uh, you know, absolute evil. They're just liberals. No, <laughs> they're just not a couple. Liberals are too gay to do this sort of thing. Well, this is the, what liberals think they are in their head. 
Joker finally wakes up from his unconsciousness. All the gamers are around him, telling him to rise up from the from the police car hood. And he, he finally Rise! Rise, gamer! <laughs> rise, rise gamer. gamer! Rise, gamer! And the Joker looks around him with a little bit of a he has a he has a cut around his mouth. The dark gamer rises. Do you know? Do you want to know? I got these scars. I had a car accident. <laughs> you want to know my favorite video game? <laughs> Super Mario. <laughs> it's not out yet. It's good. See, the thing is that what's funny to me is that the kind of dance that Joker does is a very organized sort of dance for a chaotic person. Yeah. And as as here, he uh, the uh, the iconic scene of him noticing he has blood all over his uh, mouth and spreads spreads like a smile. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of where the Joker gets all of his human resources from, if you will. And also where he gets his scars, right? So I think now he has uh, some some he blood and scars on his face. He's got all the uh, accoutrements of the Joker now. He's not even mentally, he's physically the Joker. And they're sort of in like Times Square at this moment, sort of, you know, everything's on fire. So anytime you see like the Joker with minions and like, various depictions this is how he got them this was like all the gamers that he recruited <laughs> and that's it and we now there's, there's that... one more scene at the end there's one more scene okay yeah there's a post credit scene where it says the end word no it's not post credits but oh okay so we got one more thing uh here he's uh he doesn't have any face paint is he in arkham asylum now i think so so that he was actually apprehended. This might be before. I don't know. No, I think this this is after. Okay. Oh, so he hasn't got a scar. Is it the same Afro lady? No, it's a different one. A different one? A different Afro, Afro lady shrink. <laughs> I don't know why all the shrinks in this movie are Afro ladies, but... I know why. Because they're brilliant. I love their brains, dude. I would, um, I would check out their brains, because they're pretty good. They have the perfect blend of intelligence and emotional, uh, emotional fidelity. The pure beauty in the Afro-American. You can't improve on perfection, no. I would never even try. This is, um... We see Bruce for a moment, kind of standing. He's very creepy. He's a creepy doll in this uh, film. Right now, he just said, uh, the shrink lady's asking him, like, what's so funny? Like, you know, you want to tell me the joke that he, that you're laughing at? And he essentially says, You look says, like my previous therapist. Nah, the you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. And now he's, sing he's singing uh, the iconic song of- I, I, I don't even know what- what's the song? That's Life by Frankie Sinatra. Oh, wow. Fucking retard! I'm sorry, I don't- I'm sorry. I like- It's okay. Wow, Tone. 
So, as you can see, he has blood all over his shoes. Um, I don't know why. Ah, uh, okay. So he, he's probably going to escape from Arkham Asylum again, as he does every other week or so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just put on a happy face. The good thing about this being set in the 80s, like, I don't think they're going to bring him back for, like, any... Uh, extended universe movies you know this is a, this is a one-off this is a self-contained thing just like the nolan verse movies i think um i i think this is the last we're gonna see of joaquin joker uh i actually jo don't know joaquin if they do it it's not gonna be good <laughs> if they do they already have been talking about possibly doing a second film of course oh that's bad yeah, I don't think it will work out as as it should. So, Taxi Driver Three. <laughs> That's the sitcom. That's a comedy. Taxi Driver Three. The um, the Electric Boogaloo. Wow. So um, all right, guys, that was the movie. Uh, any any final thoughts, Hemingford? Uh, to, to my mind, I thought it kind of fell apart in the last ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, tell, tell us more about that. Why? Why do you? Why do you say that? Uh, I, just, I kind of like. I think. I think it started with his choice of. Um, Sean, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> put your popcorn away. We're we're, we're chatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I think that's kind. Of, for me, I thought it kind of. It's not. It's not a bad ending. I don't think it's a bad ending. But I thought. I thought for how good the rest of it was, I thought the last ten minutes were a bit. Ten fifteen minutes were a bit shaky. Hmm. Um, I okay. wouldn't say so. I think it's also because like we were kind of talking a lot over the stuff. Uh, yeah, when I saw this in the theater, racing, it was really intense. Um, I I kind of agree with the uh, the talk show. I think was great. I think after that, it was okay. They rush into it a bit. It's it's a little bit rushed. It is ten minutes left in the movie where they have to handle kind of kind of a a lot of let's let's squeeze you know Batman into this. Let's squeeze the Batman universe into this, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they kind of just like say like, oh, his parents died here. Maybe it could have been like um, a radio announcement in the mental asylum i don't i don't think you need I, I i think you i think you guys nailed it earlier you kind of said it can be a bit show and tell this movie yes and i think some of the stuff they could have left a bit more um vague. up in the air perhaps uh people are still uh talking about like what was vague or what was his uh his imagination because that last scene where he's in the in the asylum people people are say that like oh no he was actually the one who killed jo um uh bruce's uh parents or he was uh he he wasn't even part of this at all and he just imagined everything. Uh I find this to be a very cynical uh explanation of the movie, and I don't really believe that. People see one imaginary thing and they just want to talk about other things that didn't really happen, man. Inception's like that, isn't it? Because they just people like see that like it's a bit ambiguous and then they just go crazy and say it's all ambiguous. Then. Right. Yeah. The way that people come up with almost like conspiracy theories around Kubrick films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are real. Yeah, you you cannot tell me that uh, convinced me that The Shining is not about an evil minotaur. You cannot convince me that Kubrick isn't speaking to me directly and personally with 2001: A Space Odyssey. Well, 2001: A Space Odyssey was a test run for the movie. Uh, you can't tell me that he just unexplicitly died before uh, or right after he wrote the script for a very controversial movie. Well, yeah, but that's real. <laughs> uh. 
Uh, yeah, that actually happened. Just yeah. like this film. Yeah, just like this film. The Joker's real. We're all gamers. Speaking of this kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff, they... what, what, do you, what do you think the influence... What, what influences can you see from this movie, then? I'll ask that. Um, definitely no, Scorsese. Yeah. Oh, what you mean like what the uh, film was influenced by, not what it yeah. influences on others? What what's what do you think the film was into? What where where what influence do you see in? I, I I don't watch films, man, so I really don't know. Um, um, I think the main two have been kind of stated. I think it's just like King of Comedy and uh, and Taxi Driver. Uh, that's about it. I don't there was, know. There's the other film that Nats was talking about that he thought it, it kind of resonated with or requiring for a dream or. Oh, uh, Cuck the Movie. Yeah, Requiem for a Dream has. Uh, I saw a lot of tones of that in this. Um, but I do. Th- Wait, you saw a tone? Hi. Uh, that movie also is ca- kind of has a throwback vibe in some ways. But. Um, yeah, you know, this is supposed to be a throwback film. It's like, we're going to make an artistic movie. And so they go back to the last time in history when people made artistic movies on the, you know, as a blockbuster. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, I, I, I was um, looking at the top 10 rated films of all time on IMDb. And it's interesting to look at uh, what the films made in the 20th century were about and what the films made in the 21st century uh, were about. And this is looking at the top 10. Now, um, the three films in the 21st century are The Dark Knight, The Lord of the Rings, and Joker. Yes, Joker is one of the top 10 highest rated movies on IMDb now. Um, but in the 20th century, they were all nonfiction environments, not necessarily nonfiction movies, but they were real world environments um, kind of meant to tell um more realistic stories. Uh, however, mm-hmm. in the 21st century, it's all become man-child stuff, which I found to be very interesting that, you know, one of the most aspirational feel, uh, uh, films of, uh, of, of recent time has been, <laughs> has been a, a, a comic book movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is probably the best thing I've seen in Blade Runner. I think I think this is this film is a prequel to the um, Nolan verse and not the current DC universe. I guess you could say that. I mean, it's it's obviously a prequel. It's a prequel to the story that that tells, but yes, its own thing. Um, I don't think they're trying to connect it together, but I do think they're deriving influence from the Nolan verse in terms of its tone. Yeah, mainly the things are like the fact he's wearing makeup that he hasn't fell into a vat of whatever. Yeah, that I heard that other like con, you know theory of where he came from. That was super gay. <laughs> you fall in Nevada. What, what was it? Uh, just random, just random chemical. Well, I'm pretty sure that was the original Batman film did that, and other other origin stories have done that. The Killing Joke, but right, it's a little silly that one. Uh, I I think it still works though. It just depends on what version of Joker you're doing. Yeah, it depends on how what 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 tone are you going for. Hey, Corbo, you look like you have something to say. Do you? I think one of the most important things to understand with this film is uh, is who it's really about and who it really relates to the most. Because in the large scheme of things, the movie itself is not really political. It has a few red herrings and vague messaging about the rich, public health service being cut. Ultimately, those bits and pieces in the story are to move the action along, and it's really it's it's not really it's never really delved into. The Joker himself isn't a political political actor he, he says so himself and the only reason he grows any contempt for rich or upper class persons is just because of their behavior and how they treated him i'm even fairly sure that uh 
you know, Arthur, by the end of the story, uh, when he found out his mom was lying to him and abusing him, uh, he in a way forgave or understood Thomas Wayne for his behavior towards him. And uh, we're saying that Arthur's ending quote about society is is just that. Uh, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner of society that uh, abandons him and treats him like trash? You get what you fucking deserve. Uh, it's a collaborative effort that destroyed him and created the man he became. It wasn't just the rich or the shrink or only his mother and the abusive boyfriend. It was the collective of people from the lowly street thugs to his boss to his co-workers to the random people he meets on the street to the rich to the government higher-ups. You know, the list goes on. The society he lived in, you know, the city, the country, fucked him. And that's where the core theme of this movie lies. Uh, the biggest issue I think I have, uh, or I've seen with this is, uh, movie that's that's risen up uh, so far is the, is the sort of split between two types of mindsets uh, about the movie. It's, it's kind of created. Uh, there are guys on the right that relate a lot with the Joker, with the clown. And then there are the men on the right who are almost entirely disturbed at the thought of the movie. They're appalled by the tragedy and they may believe it's shooter bait or a sort of incel loser glorification loser nationalism as a specific man who i incredibly detest may call it uh, the thing that I want to point out here is the importance of the background of these two types of people. You know, the first the first type of person who generally comes from a background similar to Arthur. You know, now when I when I say that he they can relate to the Joker, I don't mean they are carbon copies with the same exaggerated mental illness, and messed up family life, or even completely similar dating experience. I'm talking about people who came from you know the lower class, people who've had to deal with the commoner lifestyle, people who are not exactly talented, not the brightest, not the wealthiest, or they may ge have generally had a lot of anxiety, spurginess, and, and socially inept situations in their lives. Men who especially in today's you know, disgusting and egregious broken era are disenfranchised, alienated, and are not really making it. You know, they're itching closer and closer to mentally breaking. Now, uh, there are some upper class and talented and even well-off people that can relate to these befallen men, but I see the split happen more on these lines than anything else. The Spencer type, or the second type, as I mentioned earlier, uh, sees this movie as a glorification of losers, uh, of the se severely unhinged and mentally ill. It's shooter bait, and, and ultimately these kinds of people are unrelatable or just completely unimportant. Of course, uh, the side I take is obvious, but the dichotomy between the uh, two people is important. A second type of men don't have to deal with some of the worst aspects that our you know, country and society gives us now. They can't relate because they don't really live through it themselves. Well, the first type is much more in the moment, you know, they're heated because of how much they can ascribe to their own situations through life onto what the Joker talks about or the things that happen. You know, that's a, that's kind of all I wrote, Natsuck, but, um, yeah, th this is just a blurb I wanted to, to say, the little, little speech, um, <clears throat> and I, I don't know, um, I don't know really what you, uh, you can respond with that sort of, uh, that sort of speech, but... Well, I don't know. It's some. It's something I wanted to write down anyway. I already had this like written down before we watched the film for the second time. Uh, and basically everything I wrote down is kind of exactly how I remembered, except for like the Thomas Wayne bit. Uh, I thought I thought he actually didn't hate him that much, but he kind of did. Not not that, much, but a, a little more resentment than I thought he would have had. 
All right, guys. Well, I have to get to my... Um, the hell do we do in Rio? Um, my Portuguese lesson? I got to poop in the street, man. Yeah, I got to go get to my villa soon, you know. Your favela? Oh, gotcha, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the teal one down the street. I'll see you there. Dude, there's like 10 of teal ones. Guys, guys, see you later. Thanks for coming on. I've got an Airbnb checked in shack. There's some Brazilian man yelling. I don't know where I am. Is that fucking, is that old man at the bottom over there still masturbating? Dude, he's... He's masturbating to the credits. Dude, I think he just died. Holy shit. Okay, let's get out of here. So that's what that smell is. Oh, that's horrendous. I think he just wore himself outside. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Hemingford, thanks so much. Uh, Everyone, check out uh, Hemingford's spoopy conspiracy show, The 40 in Words, and intermittently, his uh, cool politics show, Grub and Soil. Listener, your life is neither a tragedy nor a comedy. Just make sure it's not a police serial, and I think you'll be fine. Until next week, folks, we live in a society. No, we don't. Stay dope. People running by me on the city lights, just like the way that you used to do.